This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello everybody, welcome to the Hot Lap. Um, I'm Lee Stevens, I've just poured myself a glass of wine and uh, we're going to, well, in fact I didn't even pour myself a glass of wine. Um, the The music started finishing then and I was going to start for me to start the podcast and uh, I panicked and poured myself what would be commonly referred to as a thimble full of wine. Now have a glass of wine. Um, we watched a mere few hours ago uh, the Emilia Romagna, I believe we pronounce it, uh, Grand Prix, or as we shall refer to it from now on, um, the first Italian Grand Prix. I really enjoyed it. Some of you didn't. Uh, there was a, there was quite a lot of um, negative comments on. Twitter, mind you, I suppose that's what social media is for now. Um, and I mean, I can't, I can't complain too much. I did spend a reasonable amount of time on Twitter shit stirring, but mm, wine's quite nice. Um, the The race, I thought it was good. I, I enjoy. It. I, I was interested through the whole thing. Um, it's never going to be like a classic when you have two people. You know, when you've got a team which has got a number one, number two driver, and they go into the first corner in that order. It's always going to be difficult for something more exciting to happen. But um, no, I think whatever went on down the down the field, I thought was. Pretty fucking good. Um, so we'll do our usual thing of we'll go from the drivers from back to front in the order. Um, 
Carlos Sainz Jr. was the first retirement. Got himself beached, come together with Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo seemed to get on this get I'll get on the curb and slip, just understeered into um Carlos Sainz. Then he took a bang from the back from Bottas. Um they make those Alfa Romeo wings sturdily, don't they? Um yeah, I mean it's it never rains, but it pours for Carlos this year, does it? It's, I mean, and he's he's under so much pressure to keep himself from becoming Felipe Massa right now. Um, you got to feel for him. You got to. Like, he must be. I mean, he's 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 out of the championship. Would we say really realistically? We'll look at the standings later on. I'm not sure what they are off the top of my head. Um, so he's got a year now, hasn't he, of being Charles Leclerc's understudy? And if he wins in a, if he wins a Grand Prix, you know, if, if Charles Leclerc sorry wins a wins a World Championship, um, this could be the colour of Carlos Sainz's career. So maybe a career-defining season for Carlos Sainz Junior here. So yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, Fernando Alonso. Coming together with Mick Schumacher, and Mick Schumacher lost the rear, slid into uh, to Fernando, lost big chunks of bodywork. Real shame for Fernando, you know. Like I had him in my head as a possible winner for the sprint race, and the uh, he seems to always he seems to have the car to do something reasonable. But the look that man is having, we, we we'll just have to wait and see what. What comes? I feel. I feel sooner or later the, the stars are aligned, and Fernando's going to do something spectacular in that car, like win a race. Um, so we'll just have to see what happens over the course of the year. But that Alpine is looking like a solid car, especially in Fernando Alonso's hands. So uh, yeah, that's quite. It's quite exciting knowing that he has a good car to race with. Hopefully, soon he'll have like a a pretty incident-free weekend, and we can really see what's gonna. Yeah, we really, really see what the car's capable of as it keeps bringing updates because I have a feeling that once they get some proper testing on, those upgrades they brought to Fernando, I think, had them on the car. Uh, I think they're going to bear some fruit for that car. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, last of the runners. Last of the runners. The uh, only one other teammate would be that far off his teammate. Uh, uh, you know, only one other finishing teammate would driver will be that far behind his teammate that's what i was trying to say we'll get to them later um but yeah daniel ricardo continues his run of bad luck since pretty much joining renault you know renault was pretty fruitless he was just getting to get on top of it when he decided to leave came to mclaren mclaren hasn't worked out so far really apart from you know he won a race but it was it's he's done fuck all else um, so I'm worried about Daniel Ricciardo I think the way things are going I don't think he turns this round and I think he gets dropped next year and that feels insane to say but I do believe that come the, come the summer break we are going to be talking about where on the grid could Ricciardo go to to try and rebuild himself I don't know I have no idea I mean He's, if he stays in Formula One, he's going to have to go backwards from McLaren. He's he's not he hasn't done enough to move forwards. Uh, would a 
Austin Martin be interested in him to uh, to partner Seb, bring the, the, the dream team back together. Um, I know they weren't a dream team. Calm down. Uh, Haas, maybe? Don't know. Um, Williams replaced Nicholas Latifi. Ugh. Sounds disgusting, doesn't it? The idea of Dan- someone, someone of Daniel Ricciardo's ability. Mind you, uh, a friend uh, uh, that's been listening to this podcast for a long time out in the wilds of Scotland once told me that the uh, um, Daniel Ricciardo was overrated and I said it was ridiculous and that he was a world champion in waiting and it turns out I might have been wrong. Um, Mick Schumacher, fairly fucking bad, bad weekend, you know. Similar similar position to uh, Daniel Ricciardo, really. The fact that clearly the car was there to be exploited because their teammate was doing it just didn't. Um, Mick Schumacher was slightly worse off, I think, than Daniel Ricciardo. But uh, it just going into this season, a lot of people were saying about Mick Schumacher, this was the, the year for him. If he could get on terms with... Um, that guy he's teammates with... You know, the um, the blonde lad. Um, ball sucker. No, it's gone. I've got a list here of drivers. I could just go through. Kevin Magnuson. Just scroll up the list, Lee. Just, just keep scrolling. Just like I mean, you at the bottom here. If you just scroll up a little bit, you'll find his name, you absolute moron. Um, you know, Kevin Magnussen was doing the job, and if Schumacher could have got on terms with him, then Schumacher would have been looking good. He's not looking good, is he? He's not looking good at all. Um, I dare I say someone looks... He looks out of his depth at the minute. Uh, he finished behind Nicholas Latifi in the Williams. Um, that Williams has got pace. That is not a slow car this year. It's not a quick car, but it's not a slow car. Uh, 15th, Guan Yu Zhou, underperforming, I believe, in that car. Had he, yeah, but he did have that issue in the sprint race, which kind of fucked him, but um, issued by, you know, crash, didn't he? Uh, oh, sorry, Zhou Guan Yu, sorry. I'm so used to it's like everybody spent his entire sort of junior career calling Guan Yu Zhou, and then he gets to Formula One and it flip they flip reverse it, flip the script on us, and it's like back to front. And then I feel like I'm being disrespectful to his name and probably his culture by fucking it up. But uh, I kind of not my fault. They they could have told me this a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, you waste of an Alfa Romeo. I'd love to know how quick that car actually is because I still don't believe Bottas is driving it to its full potential. Um, Esteban Ocon was 14th after a penalty, uh, five-second penalty for unsafe release on uh, when he nearly hit Lewis Hamilton in the pit lane, but that's, um, again, not where that car should or could be. Uh, I think Alonso would have been a lot further up, but he did have the upgrades as well. Now, 13th, cross the road, cross the road, 14th, picking up a position from Esteban Ocon's um, pair five-second penalty. Lewis, seven-time world champion, Hamilton, 
crazy, eh? No real reason for it this weekend. No issues with the car. Just couldn't get it to work. George Russell was, I mean, in the Sky coverage. I didn't watch the Sky coverage. I watched it on F1 TV. But uh, I go back on YouTube and just pick the bits up that go on YouTube for the Sky thing just to get another another set of opinion on it. Um Rosberg in the interview with George Russell, George Russell kind of battered it off in the most um, diplomatic way he could. Uh, but J- Rosberg essentially said, how does it feel to have dominated Lewis Hamilton over an entire weekend? Um, be interesting to know what you guys did. Was this a domination? Was this the first time? The first time where with no issues that somebody has completely done Lewis Hamilton over the course of a whole Grand Prix weekend. You know, there was a sprint race involved as well. So, you know, um, strange, strange times. I'm, I, I wonder what's going to happen. I'm sure we're going to talk about it later on the, in the talking points, so I'm not going to dwell on this too much. Now, and I know I was doing some piss boiling but uh, on, on Twitter, but it's just because it's fucking funny. Um, but yeah, no, I was surprised. I thought um, I thought both Mercedes would move forward a bit today. Lewis just did not go anywhere. Couldn't get past Pierre Gasly, who was twelfth in front of him. Um, was just stuck there. Total Wolf comes on the radio later on, says, "Oh, sorry, we've given you an undrivable car." And you go, "Well, it's clearly not undrivable, is it? It's probably the fourth quickest car in the grid." Don't come at me. Uh, fourth or fifth, maybe, maybe, maybe fourth quickest car on the grid for most of the race, but the, the, it did seem to die off in George Russell's hand later on. Later on, obviously, when the Alpha sort of came alive, but it's uh, that Mercedes is certainly better than the three teams. That were directly in front of uh, Lewis Hamilton, which is Pierre Gasly, who finished twelfth. Alex Albon, great race again from Alex Albon, sniffing at the points again. Could have got, could have got a double, could have got points finish there, back to back points finishes in the Williams, showing that that's not a bad car. You know, it's it, it's not, it's it it's maybe not easy to get working properly but it's not a shit car by any stretch of imagination because he was there on pace as well you know he was he was keeping play pace with the Aston Martin ahead of the Alpha Tauri he was doing a good job you know so uh it's good to see I'm I'm pleased I, seeing Alex Albon do well pleases me seeing Williams do well too also pleases me that's a double please um as the Beatles would say Please, please me. Um, tenth, Lance Stroll. Fairly decent race from Austin Martin, considering how uh, bad they've been lately. Um, yeah, that's kind of all all there is to say, isn't there? I, I, you know, it's, uh, Lance wasn't too far. I, mean, I think he finished maybe 20 seconds odd behind his teammate. Was he 10, 20 seconds? So he was he was there thereabouts uh, with Seb and double double points go double points finish for Aston Martin it can't be sniffed at uh, from where they've been Kevin Magnussen ninth kind of 
he had himself out of position uh, up the front and you know he he kind of settled back down to where that car seemed to belong great race with George Russell George Russell was all over him it was pivotal for his race to get past him but yeah um good race from Kevin good to see him back on the grid and when you see him up there in the points and you see Schumacher there 17th position I mean, if if Fernando and Carlos Sainz hadn't have um, hadn't have uh, DNF'd, he'd have been lower down. If um, obviously, if Daniel Ricciardo hadn't would have had his, his issue, uh, Mick Schumacher would have still been seventeenth. And obviously, I, d- I don't think uh, Kevin would have scraped into the points, but he'd have been where Albon was, sort of sniffing to get into the points. And his teammate wouldn't be anywhere near it. So, yeah, good, good race for uh, good race for Kevin. Uh, good race for Sebastian Vettel. That was good to see. Um, hopefully, he's getting more on terms with this car after he missed time in it. So, um, it's good to see Sebastian Vettel scoring up some points. Yuki Tsunoda, good drive from Yuki Tsunoda. I don't even quite understand how he managed to get seventh, but deep in the points trying to make sure he's, he's still in Formula 1 next year because that wasn't a given. But if he can keep doing stuff like this, I don't see why Alpha Tauri would would get rid of him. Um, sixth was Charles Leclerc. Now, uh, Charles was on for, on for a podium, damage limitation, uh, took too much into the hairpin, lost the car, was the luckiest boy in the world. How do you lose the car there? like that and not lose a corner so lucky just to bump bumped his front wing managed to recover to sixth i'm sure he, he'll be able to wake up tomorrow and go oh well at least i didn't lose all those points because he deserved to lose 25 points after that but i think the biggest question i have here is we've seen this from Charles Leclerc before it's why i've always been so critical about him is when the pressure is on him he tends to make mistakes the pressure hasn't really been on him so far this this year. Everything's kind of gone his way. The first time it doesn't, he spins off the track all on his own. You cannot beat Max Verstappen to a world championship by doing that. Uh, Valtteri Bottas in fifth position. Great finish for Valtteri Bottas. Alfa Romeo, clearly a good car. Bottas out Mercedes, clearly enjoying life. Hustled George all the way to the line in the Mercedes. I'm sure he was desperate to get past <laughs> But it's always been the, the thing, isn't it? It's always the chink in Bottas's armour. That guy's got pace. He's a fantastic qualifier. He's got good race pace. But geez, man, like, he couldn't make a pass on a hooker, could he? Like, he's just, he, he constantly gets himself into positions where he's stuck behind somebody and you think, he just needs to throw it up the inside. He just needs to send it, like, as Daniel Ricciardo would say, stick a stamp on it and send it, and uh, you know try and move forward, try and do something. But you know he he just didn't, and he had by far a quicker car. Sorry about that. Wow. Yeah, he, he had by far a quicker car than George Russell under him, and then it the big the big the first of my boys, George Russell fourth. Great drive from George. As Nico Rosberg said, not me, uh, dominated Lewis Hamilton over the course of the weekend. Is this 
is this the beginning? Because he's been pretty much on pace for the first few races. And now this is this is what I find funny. Is I've noticed Lewis Hamilton fans trying to pretend that this is as good as George Russell's gonna get. Um and it's obviously not as good as he's gonna get. So if he's on pace with Lewis after four races ahead of him today, we'll just put that down as like a the exception that proves the rule. We'll say he's on pace with Lewis Hamilton. He's going to get better. Does it not stand to reason that by the end of the championship, George Russell might have the legs on Lewis? I mean... If he's going to get better and he's young and he's just joined the team, there is more scope for improvement there than there is from a man in the twilight of his career that has been with that team for, last count, 7 billion years. Um, Don't come at me. I know my stats. I think he's going to do it. I know I said all... I know I said... I, I, I said rather flippantly at the beginning of the se- this season, end of last season, that I thought George Russell would be a handful f- to him from the first race. Kind of has been, but not quite on pace with him. And I said, like, he's he like, what would happen if he out-qualified Lewis by half a second? It took four races. But, um, you know, he's the real deal, isn't he? Up against the greatest driver of all time, apparently. Definitely the the most winning driver of all time. He's got all he's got all the all the stats, hasn't he? All the stats and the equal world championships with the other supposed greatest of all time. I uh I think George has got it and I'm excited to see it. Uh and especially if he can it, it's not gonna be good for Lewis. But if Lewis is under pressure and he can drop his head, we know Lewis can drop his head. Can you imagine what that does to the confidence of his teammate? Like they, I know George will be, he constantly plays it down. It's like, oh, Lewis is the you know he's the captain of the team. I'm not coming in trying to displace him. You know, I um, just want to do my job. We're working together. It doesn't matter. You know, we're fighting for you know for points we don't we want to be fighting for wins so it doesn't really matter if i'm if i'm beating my teammate now we've we just got to get the car forward fucking bullshit absolute bullshit he's he knows what he's doing he's come in he's upset the apple cart and uh i dare say he's looking like he might do to lewis what Sebastian Vettel got done to him by Daniel Ricciardo. So anyway, uh, before I go, and I get a lot of fucking hate-fueled messages. Uh, good job, George. Good job, second cousin, George Russell. If only we were more friendly with that side of the family. And I'm not the sort of person to go fucking hunting for people. I'd feel fucking small and weird. But it's cool to know that. So somebody close to my fucking to someone close to me in a family tree it's fucking cool to know that they're out there in a formula one car doing really well even if we've only met each other once um lando norris finished third on the championship my other boy um 
Incidentally, I've met Lando once as well. Uh, just good drive, isn't it? You know, he he didn't have the pace to be on to to be on the podium, but this is what you've got to do if you're in the third best car and there's only three spots on the podium and there's four cars in front of you is when something goes wrong, you've got to be there to pick the points up and you've got to be there to pick the podiums up. And that's what Lando did. He did had a great race. You know, he was he was fucking hustling from the from the start. He just didn't quite have the car underneath him to do any more. Um, McLaren seemingly have fixed the issues they had, showing the potential pace that we thought they had in the first first test. So, I think this is just this is just going to roll for McLaren now. I do think they've got more in them to be closer to the Red Bulls and the Ferraris. So, uh, yeah, all round fucking good job. Good, good job. I mean, he finished 34 seconds off Max Verstappen. Bearing in mind, Perez was 16 seconds off Max Verstappen. Um, so, yeah, the, uh, that's... I think that's respectable. You know, when you look at... When you look at where they were at the beginning of the season, I think that's a res- that's it's respectable for them to be there. And now it's time to try and push forward. I do wonder if this is going to be a hindrance. Right, Daniel Ricciardo is going to be a hindrance. He needs to get on it now. You know, there's there's no more excuses. He's been in the team two years. Um, I do think Lando Norris is every bit looking like a future world champion. Um, and I think he's a better driver than Daniel Ricciardo, so I don't expect Ricciardo to be on pace with Lando Norris. But if Lando's managed to scrape a third here, I do expect Daniel Ricciardo to try to be sixth. So I, and I don't you know, I realise there was some bad luck there this weekend, but you know, you kind of make your own luck, don't you? If he hadn't have been stuck down there after qualifying, he'd uh, he wouldn't have been. In such in so many problems, uh, Sergio Perez did his job, finished second. Goodrear Gunner held off Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc had to try really, really, really hard to get him, and that's what ended up making him the mistake. Sergio looking like the fucking lad in the Red Bull. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, I know you've got people behind that want him to get him to, into uh, into the t- into into that car like. Alex Albon and um, Pierre Gasly, but I I can see the relationship with Sergio and Verstappen being one of those ones where Verstappen's like, I want him as my teammate. You know, it's I, I'm I'm going to exercise my power here to say that I don't want a young charger coming in or someone the same age as me that's wanting to get wins and championships. Let's keep Sergio. He knows his place. Um, because I do, I think when Sergio loses his drive or from Red Bull, he'll probably retire. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think he'd want to go back to when you look where Austin Martin is, for instance. I don't think he'd want to go back to like lower point scoring positions. He's uh, he's managed to get himself into one of the greatest teams that Formula One's ever seen after a long time. You know, he had a long stint in Formula One before that happened. So I think this will be his last stop. And if he can hang around for like two, three years with Max, 
he's going to get some wins. He's going to get some podiums. Um, you never know if if Max has a, like a terrible year and it's a really good car. You know, he could even have half a run at a championship like Mark Webber had. So, yeah, this is a this is the best place for him, I think. At the, for the for, not at the minute, for the rest of his career, I don't think he'll do better than this. And Max Verstappen was fucking impervious today, wasn't he? Um, great start, controlled the race. It never looked in doubt, did it? Never looked in doubt. Uh, he was so calm on the radio when they came in to say that Charles Leclerc and Perez had pitted for softs. He said, in that case, pit me, please. He even said, please. So, yeah, just all round a great job done. Let's look at the standings and see where we are now. Um, I haven't logged into the Fantasy Formula 1 thing. I will do that next week. Um, oh, by the way, sorry, I didn't do a podcast last week. Alex, uh, before we before we go into the uh, the drivers, like where they are in the championship, what happened was uh, I sat down to do a show. I'd asked for talking points. So what you, you, you didn't hook me up in the fucking slightest. And uh, I, I looked online. I found a couple of articles. I recorded a show. I, I, I started recording. I banged through the articles. I had nothing else to talk about. And the podcast was like fucking six minutes. So I was like, I'm not doing a fucking six minute video you know it's that's fucking it's a long tiktok <coughs> of which i'm fucking crushing it at the minute as a, as a conspiracy fucking theorist fucking two weeks doing tiktok properly three and a half thousand followers for over a hundred fucking view a hundred thousand views on over over what three tweets three tiktoks crushing it uh you can add a total shunt if you want to come and check me out on tiktok uh talking about fucking crazy stuff but um yeah so that was sorry i fucking lost myself then yeah i just basically didn't have enough content to make a show last week and uh i i didn't i didn't want to put drivel out so i thought well it's not a race weekend i'm obviously going to do a race review you can wait for it if you if you download musty audio podcast as well I put content out. There's a new Musty Audio podcast up right now. There's going to be an Alien Addict one out early next week too. There's not. It's not like there isn't enough of me about. Um. So yeah, but I do. I apologise because everyone likes a weekly podcast, and I'm fucking for for all the fucking bravado. I uh, I'm truly touched that you like to listen to me talk about Formula One. Um. Championship. We'll do the top ten. Maybe could we do long? I will do the top ten. Charles Leclerc, eighty-six points in the lead. Max Verstappen now with fifty-nine points behind him. It's already, you know, it's that that lead looked insurmountable at the beginning of the weekend. Not so much now. Um, Sergio Perez is in third in the championship with fifty-four. George Russell. George Russell, I'm going to take a drink of wine. George Russell, 49 points, fourth in the championship, head of Carlos Sainz with 38 eight points in fifth, head of Lando Norris, 35 points in sixth, ahead of Lewis Hamilton with 28 points in seventh, ahead of Valtteri Bottas. Okay, that's not, not a huge brag. 
but okay. Bottas is eighth with 24 points. Ocon is ninth with 20 points. Kevin Magnussen is 15th with 10 points. Might as well do all of them. 11th, Daniel Ricciardo with 11 points. 12th, Yuki Tsunoda with 10 points. 13th, Pierre Gasly, 6 points. 14th, Sebastian Vettel, 4 points. How the fuck is Fernando Alonso 15th with 2 points? That is some unlucky shit right there. Guan Yu Zhou, 16th with 1 point. Alex Albon, 1 point in 17th. Lance Stroll has a point on the board in 18th. Mick Schumacher has no points. Nico Hulkenberg, no points. Nicholas Latifi, no points. Nicholas Latifi is behind a guy in the championship with a permanent, which does not have a permanent drive. How embarrassing. But yeah, I, I think it speaks volumes that Nicholas Latifi and Mick Schumacher both pointless so far um you know Guan Yu Zhou Guan Yu Zhou's got got a point he doesn't look that hot I know he's got he's got I would say he's got a slightly better car than Nicholas Latifi I would say Mick Schumacher has a better car than Guan Yu Zhou most of the time um so not looking good for Schumacher or Latifi uh if we look at the team's the Constructors' Championship is saying 124 points to Ferrari in first. Second, Red Bull, 113. Mercedes, third, 77 points. Uh, McLaren, 46 points in um, fourth. Alfa Romeo, 25 points in fifth. Alpine, sixth, 22 points. Alfa Tauri, uh, seventh, 16 points. Eighth, Haas, 15 points. Aston Martin, five points. And uh, Williams, one point. Every team scored points. That's a fucking glorious sight, isn't it? Showing that, that, I mean, I know everyone's not fighting for wins, but that really does show that these new rules have closed the fucking field up. Because, you know, we have seen teams go a whole year without scoring points. Four races in, Williams have even scored a point. Crazy Austin Martin is ninth. Crazy Haas, given the, the car they had to start with, is only eighth for 15 points. Alpha Tauri, kind of where you're expecting them would be. I think Alpine should be higher because they've got a better car. I think they should probably have themselves at least ahead of Alfa Romeo. And McLaren, I think that's legit. That's not legitimately, sorry, where they are because they, they have a better car than Mercedes, but Mercedes have just... First of all, they've got two better point scorers most of the time. Um, and they have had the rub of the green, haven't they? The fact that they've had two uh, two podiums with that car is a testament to both drivers. Um, so, yeah, that was the rundowns. Before we do the... Uh, before we do the talking points, we'll... we'll uh, oh no, we we don't stick adverts in the middle anymore, do we? There's no adverts stick in the middle, so it doesn't matter. The adverts seem to go at the beginning and the end, and I don't put any mid rolls in. Don't know if I'm supposed to. The network hasn't told me if I'm supposed to. I'd rather not do it, to be perfectly honest. So, if you do get sick of hearing the adverts at the beginning of the podcast, I think if there's like two or three, I'm not sure. Then 
at least know that you're listening to them then because we don't have them in the middle and I was just going to do it and I forgot I didn't really have to and now I'm fucking rambling um, let us look at your talking point we'll go to Twitter first where are you oh. uh, 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 where are you Ah, you've hit me up this week. Uh, right. Rather fucking s- tremendous gif showing our fucking camaraderie, I believe, on social media of having a um, a Scooby-Doo gif of them all high-fiving each other to show that we can do this together as a team. That's how I feel we are. You can be my Scooby. Um, Carl Ford. I think DRS should go uh, in the sprint. Verstappen closed a... 0.6 gap uh, with it to overtake Leclerc. That's not racing. Uh, it made no difference to the racing today. Overtakes happened before DRS activated. Um, I believe the DRS was slightly... was too much, especially in the sprint race. I think it was too powerful. Um, I'm, I'm at peace with DRS, if I'm perfectly honest now. I um I still get excited watching cars race each other. I think it was different watching cars try and overtake each other today because it was wet. Um, I don't think that racing happens without DRS in the dry. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm at peace with DRS until until these cars eviterated a little bit more. I'm sure there's going to. I'm not even going to fucking edit that because I want you to know how fucking stupid I am. Um, what I just did was I uh, I closed my little 2015 MacBook Pro, which is like my my sort of I'm going to do internet shopping and stuff laptop. That's It's like my non-studio laptop that sits in the living room. I use that for like reading things and notes and stuff when I'm doing podcasts. So I closed the lid on that because we don't need them because I'm using my phone to get your to get your talking points and then just shut the lid on the recording laptop. Just just shut up, just like, oh, right, the software's running, yeah? See how you fucking deal with this, dickhead. See how smart you are if I shut you. Um, so, yeah, Ugh, fucking idiot. Sorry. <sighs> yeah, um, I don't think those overtakes happen without uh, without DRS in the dry. Like I say, I'm at peace with it now. I think these cars will be... In, uh, will be are the, these cars are the first step towards a brighter future for Formula One, don't forget. You know, we are early doors in this Ross Braun era of Formula One cars. They're going to be brought, they're going to be iterated. They're going to be, there's things that are going to happen to them. Um, I think Formula One's going in the right direction. That's what we should be thinking now. Unfortunately, right now, we still need DRS. Um, Carl Ford also said Latifi. A waste of grid space, I agree. Uh, originally, uh, beat... Uh, Mick Schumacher and Ricardo, uh, who both had met many adventures. <coughs> He's been consistently poor this year and holding Williams back. I th- yeah, I think you're right, but I would also I'd argue the same thing for all the all those three: Latifi, Schumacher, Ricardo. Ricardo has more potential, obviously, but both all of them are wasting their cars I, this year and last year. Uh Giles WB man, um, 
F1 cutting uh, cutting away from Leclerc spin to show Sainz's reaction was fucking terrible. It was terrible, considering that that wouldn't be his fucking live reaction either. Uh, so they, they, they were doing a bit of drive to survive editing, I feel. Um, where a race directions want, uh, wanting reactions instead of showing us what's happening is a joke. Yeah, and I do think that might be the um, the Netflix the Netflix effect. I hope not. Let's let's get rid of that if that's the case. Um, I what what I thought was is when uh, Bottas and um, Russell were fucking tanking it out. We just cut to uh, Landon Norris for no apparent reason for like a lap on his own with nothing going on, and then we cut to like the mechanics in the on the on the pit wall for McLaren. You're like fucking hang on, isn't there like a fucking absolutely cracking race going on just behind them? Um, so yeah, the the race director did did leave a little bit to to be desired. Uh, Ferrari red is the new silver. Uh, is Hamilton is Hamilton's car so much different than Russell's, or is uh, is he not coming to terms with new formula, or has he just lost it? The argument uh, with Toto after uh, after I think I, you meant the race. I can't see that leads me to believe there's something bigger uh, issues than a, uh, a foot. I'm not sure, right? Um, as I said before, Lewis is in the twilight of his career, but he did come off an absolutely epic battle with um, Max Verstappen last year. So he's, you know, he's he's clearly not forgot how to drive cars. I don't know if it's the new cars. I think there might be an aspect of that. I speak quite a lot about um, Formula One having to come to certain drivers for them to do well. So maybe Formula One's gone away from him a little bit and come towards people like Charles Leclerc. Um, I'm not sure, but one thing I do know is, is that Lewis, if he drops his head, struggles to get it back up without everything working well. And it's it's one of the reasons why I'm not a huge Lewis Hamilton fan, is I find him, um, obviously, right, nobody wants to lose. I don't want that. I, I don't... I, I I don't like to lose. I don't want my son to like like lose to lose things. I want him to understand how important a victory is in what you're doing. Um, but Lewis's whole thing is, I like racing. I like I like the struggle. You know, still I rise. Another chance to rise. And uh, it, but it always seems to be that when he hits issues. He gets really upset about it, and I don't mind him being upset. But don't tell everybody that you fucking you you, you enjoy the struggle. If when the struggle comes your way, you drop your head every time, um, and I, he might prove me completely wrong by going to um, Miami, a circuit no one's ever been to, completely outperforming the car, getting back on the podium, like another chance to rise. Um, but yeah, I just find it fucking. It's like fucking spare me, and like especially that whole thing with Total Wolf sale. We we we've given you a car that's undrivable. While you know the his teammate was got a podium at the last race, and uh, 
I know that that was kind of safety car specific and all that sort of stuff, but today wasn't. Today he just did a he did a great drive. And don't forget as well, George Russell could have gone quicker in that car. They said when they brought the uh, there was a, there was a problem, wasn't there, with the um, uh, with the gun to change the front wing angle, and they couldn't change the front wing angle. So he he had an unbalanced car for the rest of the race. Still fucking brought brought it home the highest you could get out of it. Uh, it. Makes you wonder whether he could have made any inroads to, like towards Lando if that hadn't have happened, you know, for for the podium. But who knows? Uh, I, bigger issues, I don't know. But I do, I do think that Lewis has had half a foot out of Formula One for a while. Um. And if, if this car doesn't sort itself out, I think he'll retire. I think he'll just go. Um, is this the worst, worst Lewis Hamilton's ever raced? Cammy Hutton saying that. I don't know if it's the worst ever raced. He had some pretty shockers, especially in like 2011. I think it was a particularly bad year for him. Um, what I do would like to know is, I wouldn't, is this the, without incident, Without incident or problems, is this the largest gap he's ever had to a teammate in a race? Is there a time with, with no dramas, and Lewis had no dramas, let's let's be perfectly honest about that. You know, he was there because he was there. Is this the first time his t- Lewis has had a teammate scoring points when he couldn't get into the points? That feels big to me. It's not even so much George Russell beating him. It's the fact that Lewis wasn't even in the points. So yeah, it might be, it very well might be. It's definitely it's definitely not his finest hour. Let's put it that way. It's not his finest hour. Uh, Craig, for as much as, uh, as Lando was downplaying this uh, weekend, McLaren looking good. The era of Hamilton is over. Good to see Sonoda and Gasly running solid defences all over the track. Right, Gasly, although he wasn't in the points, he did a fucking great job keeping Lewis Hamilton behind him. An absolutely stonking drive to keep Lewis Hamilton behind. However, I do think that it was kind of a wounded Hamilton. There was there was a couple of times that I think Lewis, I think the, uh, the old Lewis that had some confidence in his car would have tried to throw one around the outside. Um, especially when he's getting frustrated, but just wasn't there, was it? Um, let's look on Instagram. Then we can all go home, can't we? Even if I am home. That's not the right thing. Uh, Hammerhead, watching the Sky Sports coverage, left me wondering who uh, who was happier today, Verstappen getting the win or Nico Rosberg um, uh, going to point out how bad Hamilton was uh, d- doing every 10 minutes. I, do you know what, right? I I can't be doing with Crofty anymore. So that's why. And I'm I'm not one of those people that don't like Adam like, uh, Adam Buxton. Is Adam Buxton? Will Buxton. Um, I, uh, I like Buxton. I always have done. He seems... He just seems like the nicest person. <laughs> I'd love to meet him. I think he'd be just uh, like he's super enthusiastic about Formula One, and he just seems like an all-round fucking good human. 
Uh, I hate the fact that he got fucking stick for the drive to survive comments because that he, it wouldn't have even been his words. He'd have just been given a like a massive sheet of A4 paper and they'd have said, say all these things. And he said all those things out of context and then they get edited together. It's how people fucking make documentaries. So, yeah, I, I don't... I, I don't mind his commentary, and I think Julian Palmer's probably the best pundit Formula One has to offer. Um, but yeah, I would have liked to have heard Nico Rosberg through that race. He was so smug on what I saw when they when they piped him into George Russell. Oh, he loved it. He absolutely loved it. Uh, he, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, w- I wish I'd, I wish I'd watched Sky coverage now. I didn't even fucking think about uh, what he'd have been like during the race. Um, someone replied to Hammerhead saying, "Every ten sec, uh, every ten minutes, uh, every ten sec- seconds. If you account for the massive delay, no idea what that means." Um, Atomic Fabrications. My four takeaways from this race: one, uh, slow drying tracks make lack- lackluster racing. I thought it was a good race. I don't get why people were upset with the race. I was genuinely tense the whole way through that race. The only way I can think you would be upset about this race is if you're a Ferrari or Lewis Hamilton fan. Everything else was fine. Like we, we didn't see a race for the win, and that's I will take that. We saw a race for every fucking other position on the track, though. Um Number two, Leclerc is fold, folding under pressure already. I agree. Three, Bottas uh, 27.0 is the best Bottas. He is the best Bottas, but he still can't get past anybody. Um, this one really hurt, uh, hurt Danny, uh, Danny Rick. Uh, this one really hurts. Danny Rick is overrated as a driver. I think Red Bull just suited his driving style. A good driver adapts and maximizes opportunities. I agree. I think, like Sebastian Vettel, um, that period of Formula One just suited him and it just came to him and he can't get on top of it, can he? Uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, I was just reading. Yeah, you said... Uh, he struggled with this with it uh, in his fourth year, third, third different car in a row. Award deserves his seat. I don't know if award deserves his seat, but I think I think I don't. I don't think you're wrong in suggesting it could be Patrick Award. Is it Patrick? Might be Patrick. Uh, oh, Ward. Um, Samantha Hamilton lapped by Verstappen. Broken heart uh, icon. Not going to say I didn't enjoy watching it. Sorry. I, I'm genu- I genuinely try not to get on the Lewis Hamilton hype train. I genuinely don't. I've just I've always found him a little bit arrogant for me, even back in the early days of McLaren. Um, and that's... There's, but there's, I mean, saying that there's definitely been po- point, there's points. I wanted him to win the championship last year because of dirty driving from Verstappen. Um, so yeah, but all in all, kind of enjoyed it, kind of enjoyed it, enjoyed watching George Russell pull his pants down. Uh, Sam also Ferrari, um, managing to do a Ferrari without any involvement from Ferrari. Yeah, that was a almost certainly a very good Ferrari. Uh, um, uh, that was a good Ferrari, Ferrari. 
without Ferrari being involved. Uh, Sam also said, um, is it time to allow assisted re- uh, assisted restarts if a car stops or goes out, similar to IndyCar? From, uh, from a viewing perspective, it seems harsh that science had a perfectly good car that could have fought back. No, absolutely fucking not, right? No. Do you know? No. Hang the fuck down. Um, all we do is, all we do is complain that tracks are too fucking simple. Like when you get the, all we've done for fucking years is complained about Tilka designing tracks with massive runoff areas that people just fucking skid to a different fucking postcode and then drive back on the circuit. And as if they haven't fucking 50 pence their tyres, they're perfectly fucking fine. Absolutely not. More gravel traps. More gravel traps. And not only if they get stuck in them, should they fucking have to stay there. They should be sacrificed to Greek gods for doing it. Let's fucking punish drivers for mistakes. Not have them get pushed back on the track by fucking keen marshals. We don't need them to have a team of minions behind them. They're supposed to be the best drivers in the fucking world. Absolutely not. Make gravel traps great again. That's what I say. And that feels like a good place to end this podcast. I can't believe believe someone suggested that we need to start making fucking easier for formula one drivers after we've spent fucking decades saying it needs to be fucking harder needs to be harder but never know people like to see the cars go around the track i know they like to see the cars go around the track but i like to see them go on the go around the track no and if they come off the track they're fucked um anyway thank you for joining me if you would like to help me out, you can go over to the Musi Audio Patron, which is what funds all my fucking escapades. I think you, you can either find it at Musi Audio or you can find it at Lee Stevens Content Creator. Either way, if you follow me on social medias, the uh, the links to those things are in my bio and you can do it. If you can't, if you can't work a link in a bio and you, you're still fucking desperate to help me, not to have to pay for your own for your entertainment, uh, you can drop me a message and I will happily send you the link to my patron. Um, it's only a few of you patronize me. The whole thing still costs money every month, but like you guys take the sting out of it. That's the that's the thing, and it takes time. Fucking me, fuck me. When what do I do? Hot lap most weeks, so hour to record it hour to sort it out and get it uploaded it's two hours there two hours plus for alien addict two hours for musty audio you get a lot of me you get a lot of me asking for two dollars i'm just saying just get me a fucking like a small coffee a month don't even want a grande one or whatever Starbucks call a middle size. Not looking for like loads of coffee. Just a small coffee. It's all just a tiny coffee. Just a just like an espresso, but not even an espresso because they can be quite expensive. It's like I want an espresso size shot of cappuccino. That's not too much to ask for, is it? And I'll keep sounding lovely in your ears. Anyway. Um, I'll be back next week, hopefully, with uh, with news. I I don't know whether there's going to be three legs, four wheels this week. People keep being sick. I don't know what the fucking deal is. Um, but 
regardless of what happens there, I'll I'll still be fucking around, won't I? So you'll you'll always have me. I've got nothing better to do. Um there will be a there is a musty audio up called A Hint of Musk. Uh, which was another War Room podcast. Uh, that is available to download a Musty Audio immediately, right now. Uh, you you will also get treated to the latest Alien Addict podcast. We have lined up to record another War Room on next Thursday about ancient civilizations and apparently like uh, Egyptian ruins being found. I want to say, where were they? I don't know. I can't remember. It's wild. It's like Washington or something like that. Uh, Dave's going to fill us in about that. Um, I'm. I will be doing Alien Addict again this Friday. I will also be on the Josh and Artemis podcast that will be live streamed on Sunday, I believe. Uh, so you'll have to go and look on YouTube to find that. So yeah, busy, busy. I'm always around. I will be, I'm chasing guests up because I'm supposed to have a couple of good big guests for Musty Audio coming up. Um, one is waiting to get back to me. The other, I am waiting to get get them chance to get their shit together because they are incredibly busy and incredibly successful at what they do. And it's a fucking honor that they're even fucking fucking with me. Um, so, yeah, stuff just... Get in touch. Keep we'll keep keep your eyes on my social media. I'll have stuff. As I say, TikTok is kind of blowing up. At least for me, it's not like I'm sure there's people people out there that go blowing up. You've only got a few thousand followers, right? Okay, well I consider that fucking good. It's took me fucking ages to get like over a thousand followers on Twitter, and like I fucking sneeze on TikTok and get three and a half thousand. So I. uh I'm I'm pretty fucking excited about where where I can take TikTok and see I see how many many people I can wrangle wrangle into my cult. Um, so yeah, at Shunt on TikTok, you should go and follow it. I'll uh, I'll see you later. Anyway, the uh, this this has been wild. I've really enjoyed doing this podcast. Sometimes you do you do podcasts on your own. And it's a bit weird, but this one this one felt fun, and I hope you enjoyed listening to it. And I will speak to all of yous. Very soon, no doubt, with you telling me about how fucking wrong I was. And that's fine because we're connecting. Keep safe from interdimensional demons. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.